to this. You know what? And in the ring with Dan and Benny, hey, brother, man, hey, he's about the most cat. I just love him to death. I love you. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're the best. I'm telling you, brother, in the ring with Dan and Benny. Yeah. We love you. Thank Woo. you so much, Dan. Oh, yeah. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of Dan and Benny in the Ring. I'm Dan Spasciano, joined, as always, by the BS Express himself, Benny Scala. Benny, how you doing, buddy? Dan, first and foremost, I have to give a shout-out to my bestie and a great friend of Dan and Benny in the Ring, Miranda Michelle. Miranda was actually our model uh, on the Facebook page for uh, the Dan and Benny t-shirt. She actually wears it around town, and, and as recently as last night, she was seen uh, chatting up Dan and Benny in the Ring at a Tampa Bay watering hole. Well, she 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 thinks she did. She's not quite sure. She 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 vaguely remembers. But anyway, um, Miranda, for all you do, this joke's for you. So Dan, what's the difference between a rooster and a hooker? I have no idea. A rooster says cockadoodle do, and a hooker says any cockle do. Yada da 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 yada da 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 da. Hope you like our show. Benny, we don't we don't pay you much to do this, but one thing I don't pay you to do is sing. So let's avoid that next time. Well, uh, to quote the great DDP, that's not that's not a good that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Well, to quote the great Gorilla Monsoon, will you stop? <laughs> will you stop? But you know, we you you talk about fun, we talk about love, we have a lot of it, and there's a, a event coming up. We we've had these guys on the show before. We we've talked about them. They're they're friends of the show, partners of us. Uh, Virginia Championship Wrestling. Benny, why don't you tell everybody who we got on the line with us uh, coming straight from Virginia tonight? Dan, once again, I am I am humbled. Not Iron Sheik humbled, like where I'm getting my, never mind. But <laughs> humbled by the presence of greatness. So we have the Director of Operations for Virginia Championship Wrestling, the one and only Mr. Jerry Stefanitsis. Jerry, welcome to Dan and Benny in the Ring. Well, thank you, guys. And just for the record now, I don't do a lot of interviews. So this is a big fish you've landed tonight. So I just want to make that clear to everybody that this is going to be a great interview. We are, we are, we're going to have a great time. Yes, sir. Oh, and, and I think the world of you both. So that's why I was willing to do this. Just Thank keep you. that in mind. Well, we appreciate your time. I know you're you're a very busy man. Got a lot of uh, work coming up. Like I said, you have a show coming up on the first. We're going to talk about. Um, but you, you guys have we've been very supportive. We've had some some of your talent. We've had your, your commissioner on the show before, and it's great to have uh, great to have you as well. Virginia Championship Wrestling, big fans, check them out. Uh, but we want to get started, Jerry, with the obvious. It's the same question we always ask everybody, and it's always great to hear different answers. Especially, like last week, we had somebody tell us they, they weren't a fan to begin with. But I want to ask uh, every wrestler, like, like, like person who's involved in wrestling, to have that moment where they discovered it for the first time, that they became a fan. Uh, so I was wondering if you remember when you first became a fan of wrestling and what was the moment you're, you, you decided to transition from fan to I can be involved in the wrestling business? Uh, well, I, I'll tell you, you know, it's kind of like Skynet, right? Pretty much once I was self-aware, as long as I've been self-aware, wrestling has been a part <laughs> of my life. Uh, my, 
My uh, my father uh, was a big time wrestling fan. Uh, when I was my my son's three months old now, when I was my son's age, my father tells me stories. He used to put me in a rocker, wind the thing up when I would cry, turn uh, Hillbilly Jim and King Kong Bundy on the TV and just start the rocker. And that that was my introduction to wrestling. So there's never been a point in my life where I've not uh, watched it or not been a fan of it. Um, but I think the moment that I really decided to answer the second part to your question to, to get involved in wrestling was when my, my father took me to uh, WrestleMania 17 in Houston, Texas. So I was I was uh, wow. graduating from high school that yeah, I was graduating from high school that year. Uh, we had said for years, he had said, I want to take you to WrestleMania one year. And we just happened to like draw the, the luckiest WrestleMania to go to because that's perceived to be the best one. Right. That's what everybody says. Yep. Yeah. 17 so, um, still regarded as the best of all time. Yep. So we uh, we went to Houston for a few days and um, I was I remember very vividly uh, the second day we were there, we went to the uh, we had met uh, Mean Gene and Bobby the Brain Heenan uh, at a meet and greet previous to this. And we went we were standing over by this ring that they had set up for exhibition matches. And we were just kind of taking in a moment there. And I remember thinking while I was standing there looking at the ring, I thought, I want to get involved in this. I, I don't know to what capacity. I don't know what I could do. You know, I'm not a super athlete, you know, as much as I'd like to pretend to be. I'm not a super athlete. So, you know, my, my uh, involvement would be limited. Uh, but I remember that day very vividly saying to myself, this is something I'm going to do. I'm going to make it my mission to become involved. And, and you know, here I am 18 years later with VCW, and, and I've done quite a few things with them since then. So it's been a great ride. Jerry had so it, I guess at one point wasn't it uh, called um, Vanguard Championship Wrestling, which morphed into Virginia Championship Wrestling. And you know, in our opinion, if it's not the best, it's got to be one of the two best uh, independent promotions in the country. So, how did you specifically get involved with VCW? Uh, so, well, it was actually Virginia when I on my first day of the job. And then it changed to Vanguard on my second day of the job. And so just to give you a little background on that, like that was one thing that I always uh, had wished had never changed because I just felt like to me personally as a fan and knowing that we're a regional uh, statewide promotion, Virginia Championship Wrestling, that the name just always had such a, a power behind it to me. And I didn't really like the Vanguard name, but I was not I was new. It wasn't my place to you know, give my opinion on that sort of thing. Um, so, but now, obviously now that I'm director of operations and I do whatever I want, I was able to kind of revert us back to the name that I, you know, initially remember when I, when I came over, um, as far as how I got started there. So I was, you know, it's kind of like a six degrees of separation sort of thing. I knew a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy I'd been to one other indie show ever, which wasn't too impressive when I was 15. Uh, and then, um, in speaking with people that I knew, I was able to kind of find VCW as far as being an an, uh, an outlet for uh, or an in for professional wrestling, I guess you should you should say. So when I started there, it's kind of funny. I um my first day, I thought I was still going to be a wrestler. So I show up for my tryout. Uh, it's me and a bunch of military guys who are like way in shape, and then me at 140 pounds, like soaking wet, 20 years old, doesn't know anything, wearing a Ren and Stimpy T-shirt, and uh, <laughs> they go, okay. Uh, we're going to get, we're, we're going to, we're going to start off with some calisthenics. I go, okay. You know, I used to be a high school wrestler. I can, I can put up with this, right? Well, they go, we're going to do 250 squats. First thing we're doing. And I'm like, I haven't done a squat in six years. I don't know. I don't know how, you know, how this is going to play out. Right. So I get through that. Then they have us run. Then they have us do push-ups. Then they get us in the ring. 
Then they go, now we're going to have you hit the ropes. My legs are jello at this point. I go to hit the ropes. I can't even stand up. Suddenly, I don't feel so good. I go, guys, I'll be right back. I roll out of the ring. I go to the bathroom, and I vomited over the, the entire bathroom in, in that facility. The, whoever was the janitor that day, I'm sure, curses my name. Yes, he did. He did. It was everywhere. I fell on the floor. I was out. My friend of mine was with me. He comes in there, and he leans over, and he goes, I don't know if you were ready for this. And I was like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to get back up. You know, a couple of the wrestlers came in. They had a conversation with me. One guy comes in, and he basically goes, oh, you're done. He's out. First guy to drop, takes off. He's like, nobody's going to make it. You know, he's not going to make it after this. Another guy walks in, and he says, do you really want this? You told me this was your dream since you were, you were a kid. Do you really want to do this? And I was like, yeah, I really do want to do this. He goes, you need to get back up and get back out there. So I washed my face off. I washed as much vomit off as I could. I got back in the ring. One of the veterans who's still around this day, he goes, um, he goes, did you, uh, wait a minute, weren't you the guy in the bathroom? I said, yeah. And he goes, you're going to try again? Are you going to get back in there? I go, yeah, I'm going to try. And he goes, everybody stop. He goes, this guy right here said he was going to try. He was just on death's door in the bathroom. I just saw him. It's a mess in there. It's a wreck. He's back up and he's going to try. He goes, that's what we're testing you for. We want to see when you're down and you're out, are you going to try? And he goes, I want everyone here to give him a round of applause. And then they clapped for me. And then I tried to hit the ropes again, and I still couldn't stand up. So it was, it was pretty awful. So after the whole thing's over with, um, Travis Bradshaw, who's a good friend of mine now, has been my friend for 20 years. He goes, he was the, he's the promoter at the time. He goes, um, <laughs> he looks at me and he goes, well, uh, you don't really have a lot of athletic ability. But we'd like to find something for you to do because we feel like you have heart. And I said, okay, that's a nice backhanded compliment. You know, it'd be nice to find something to do. Uh, so from there on out for years, I was a um, uh, video guy. And, you know, I've, I've, I've done many jobs since then. But that was my, that was my in into wrestling. That was my way to, way to get my foot in the door. <laughs> well, Benny, we, uh, we, like I said, it's always a unique story every time. That's a new one. That's, yeah, that's a first. You know, I, I, I got to commend you. I mean, that's admirable that, that you were you stuck it through. Anybody, as, as a veteran myself, anybody that's been at that level of calisthenics to the point where you lose it, you, you get what we call them spaghetti legs. You, you get up, and that's one of the worst feelings in the world. I'll give you props for that one. But, yeah, well, con contrary to what George tells people, you know, I'm, I'm an upstanding person, okay? I know George likes to likes – to spin this narrative about how I'm this terrible boss and I do terrible things and, and whatnot, but I'm, I'm actually a nice person. That's what I'm coming on here before today to do, right? This is kind of damage control for my, you know, for, for who I am. Because, I mean, I went on social media the other day. I, all, I said a couple of things about Benjamin Banks and I had a hundred people jump all over me. They don't even know me. I, it, it's ridiculous. It, this, this false narrative about who Jerry Stephanitis is needs to be put to bed right now. And that, that's what I'm hoping to do today. Jerry, that that is the price you have to pay for greatness. <laughs> it well, is. Everyone's out to knock you down. When you when you're at the top of the mountain, they're all you know they're all trying to knock you off the top. That's what's happening. Well, you, you opened the door for it, so let me have you expand. I mean, I'm sure this conversation would probably take up the rest of the show in our next couple if you wanted it to. Uh, but that's okay. We can keep talking about it. Um, you mentioned George, and you were. Mm, let's say less than kind in, in, in the tone you spoke of him. George is a good friend of mine, so I'll, I'll give him the pass on that one. But I got to know how far back 
the feud with your feud with George goes, I mean, what started it? I mean, to me, obviously, you know, it seems like you did. But like I said, I'm just on the outside looking in. So I was hoping you'd give the listeners a rundown of the epic feud. I mean, really, I've said it before. I've been a fan of, of VCW for years. The, your feud with with George is one of the best things I've ever seen in wrestling. It's so better I, than, than uh, Tommy Rich and, and Buzz Sawyer. Well, my feud with George goes when well, I appreciate that. But my feud with George is, is goes back, man, to my birth. I, I have I have known George my entire life. He's Greek. I'm Greek. The communities are very close. I've known him forever. You know, the man used to call me when I was a teenager and ask me for pay-per-view results. And he remember back then being like, George, leave me the hell alone. I'm a busy man. I don't have time. Even when I was 13, 14 years old, I don't have time because you're too cheap to buy the pay-per-view to give you pay-per-view results. That's probably really where it started, right? It's just him, you know, him being an annoyance to me back in those days. You know, George, to his credit, was a promoter for South Atlantic Wrestling in the 90s. I'm sure he talked you guys' ears off about that when you've had him on here before. You know, he, he had had a, uh, uh, his connections in the wrestling business. And when I talk about Six Degrees of Separation, how I got involved, George was actually my first contact. At the time, I was young and naive. I thought George was out for my best interest. And George is the one who connected me to somebody, who connected me to somebody else, who connected me to VCW. I'm starting to wonder if it was a hit job. I'm starting to wonder if George has put me up up in there so they could beat the crap out of me, leave me laying, and then and then that would be the end of it. But who knows? I mean, you know. So so going back to that, it's been it's been it's been since the time I was I was even a baby that, that I've had issues with George. As far as in the context of ECW, this man, like when I was a, just a, a manager and he was the commissioner, he used to make so many decisions. He rendered decision after decision after decision against my my people. And essentially what he would say is, well, Jerry, you know, you're, you're too hands-on. You're, you're too this. You're too that. Look, when you're a good manager, you offer support, whether it's moral support, physical support, whatever the support is, that's what you're supposed to do. George didn't like that I got results. He didn't like my methods for getting results. It's probably more realistically what it was, as controversial as that may be. So eventually I'd had enough of it. And I told George, you want to fight me? Let me kick your ass in the ring. Let's go ahead and do it. So we, we had a match, and I slipped on a banana peel, and George got, a, got one over on me. You know, it really, I, I felt bad for him. Is really what – because a man of his age, you know, a lot of things can go wrong out there. Wrestling's a dangerous sport. And even, you know, 10 years ago, the, for the first time I got in the ring with George, like, I was concerned for the man's health. I didn't want something bad to happen to it. And it's just been subsequently – that's kind of been what's happened ever since. And he just has always – finding a way to become a thorn in my side. So finally, now that I'm the director and he's the lowly commissioner beneath me, he has to answer to me. I felt like it's time I give him what about 38 years of comeuppance. I I don't think that's unfair. Some people think I'm irrational or unreasonable because of that. But I think that, I think that's extremely fair considering how much stress he's put me through over the years. You know, Jerry, I could be wrong. I mean, as an outsider looking in, I, I sense a bit of jealousy on George's part. Can I can I be off off base there? Oh, he's absolutely jealous. Jealous of uh, jealous of my success. Uh, you know, je- jealous of my uh, uh, better American accent. You know, because when he speaks, you know, I don't know what language he's speaking. Half the time, it's something. I don't know if he still thinks he's in Greece or what he's saying. Uh, you know, he has subtitles, right? It's... 
look, yeah, exactly. I need exactly. I need I need an interpreter every time I talk to George. And then jealous of my voluptuous hair. I mean, that brings us to where we were going on October first, right? Is that you know I think George is really at the end of the day. I think he's most jealous of the youth that I possess that he no longer possesses. And I mean, it's normal, right? You get a little bit older and you start to kind of look at the young bucks and you know, not literally the young bucks, the young younger bucks in the in the in the in the wrestling world. And you start to uh, you sort of become a little uh, resentful of them because they've got all these years ahead of them. You know, I'm I'm probably what like 80 years younger than George. I don't even know how old George is now nowadays. I but, think George I think, is like a, he's like a sequoia, Jerry. Like you have to count his rings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm not doing hey, that. That, be can, nice. that can be reserved for yeah that that can be reserved for his wife to do. I'm not doing that. So, but uh, you know, he's 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 one he's one of those guys that I just think he's been hanging on forever. He's resentful again of 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 all the success I've had, the the youth that I still uh, you know have, and I just felt like putting my hair on the line was a nice way to fire George up, knowing that there's no way I'm going to lose my hair because there's no way that EC3 is going to lose to Gangrel on October the first. But I just it was just another way for me to get under his skin and give it back to him after all that he's did to me. I think he's just in awe of your your management ability more than anything. Well, I thank, oh, thank you. And I, you know, look, again, I appreciate you guys bringing me on, giving me a chance to set the record straight here. Because for too long, for too long, George has been out there on social media trying to pander to people. He's out going, he's out going around taking pictures with, with The Undertaker and uh, who every other uh, wrestler he meets, like he's snapping a photo with. And I'm like, what are you doing here, George? What, what are you doing? I'm like, are these people really your friends? Are you, I, I think George, if you want my opinion, I don't think George really knows any of these people. I think he's just really good at Photoshop and he's Photoshopping himself in these photos with these wrestling legends and trying to trick everybody into thinking that people in the wrestling actually know who he is. You know, someone should really look into that. You you guys, maybe you guys should get on the case for me and and check some of these photos. I I think that has a lot of merit, Dan. I don't know. I think we should. No, I mean, George's been around a long time. I don't, I don't think so, but but uh, you you talk about him pandering. George is beloved by the fans. For for I, I don't know if it's still the case, but for a long time, his entrance uh, when he had the his school marching band bring him out to the ring at Hampton High, that was one of the most watched and liked VCW videos in your entire YouTube catalog. That can't be by accident. That's because George watched it ten thousand times. I mean, let's not, I mean, let's be realistic. YouTube doesn't check to see how frequently one person's watching it. I bet you George was there with his grandson, probably propped his grandson up before he could even speak and said, hey, Johnny, why don't you watch me uh, enter with the band? It's, uh, uh, you know, I, well, let's watch it again. Let's watch it 10 more times because that's how George is. Now, I, I don't thrust, I don't thrust my wrestling success upon my son, but I guarantee you George is thrusting this in his grandson's face every day. You know, I doubt his grandson even really care, cares to see his papu go out there and, and do anything with it, with wrestling. If, if I bet if I asked little Johnny, he would say to me, no, Jerry, you're my favorite, not my papu. You, everything you've done to him, he deserves. In fact, maybe that'll be what I do. Maybe on October 1st, maybe his grandson will be there. Maybe I can, maybe I can interview him. Maybe I can go up to him and just say, Johnny, I need you to set the record straight now, young man. I need you to tell me. Are you really here for your papu, for, for, for George, or are you here to see what Jerry Stefanitis has done to VCW? 
you know, Jerry, that 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 imitation was like half George, half Bruno San Martino. But um, I, I now I heard that <laughs> as far as the uh, the high school, you know, the marching band, I heard he offered everybody three days off from school if they participated and act like acted like they enjoyed it. You think there's any truth to that? Oh, I'm, I, that wouldn't surprise me. You know, he I, he he was boasting after the fact about how these these kids were were uh, telling him in class. You know, oh, you know, we don't, we, you know, Mr. P, we, we don't want to end up like Jerry. We're going to listen to you from now on. This is what he was telling people. Okay. Do you think those kids were really saying that? I mean, let's, let's just be real for a second. Okay. If you guys watched, you guys have watched that match. Like, again, I tripped over my own two feet. I had sweat in my eyes. George was, George was very uh, fortunate that he even won that match. And then, and then he cheated. He cheated. He had like some sort of electronic device. I mean, I, I was, I was, I would have won. I would have won that match if it wasn't for George doing what he claims I do, but in reality he does, and that's break the rules. Well, Jerry, I took the time, you know, in doing research for this show because you know you you have a great guy, great man on the show. You got to you got to do your homework, and uh, I watched your appearance on Luli's Lounge last September. That was, I guess, your your first show after COVID. And one of the first things you did, you wasted no time. You went right out there and you you terminated the services of Gremlina. Now, I, I've been in management myself. I've seen a lot of firings. That was like, if there is a management textbook, that should be, I mean, if the Mount Rushmore of firings. Um, where did you acquire your, your management skills? Uh, you know, I went to the School of Hard Knocks, and I think that's really where it worked. School from. Colors Black uh, and Blue, right? I, yeah, of course, of course. You know, I'm, I, people don't know this. I, you know, I, I'm from the streets. I have street smarts. You know, I mean, I went to private school for 13 years. Okay, you know, and I, and you know, I'm from the upper middle class suburban part of Norfolk. Okay, but I'm also from the streets. I've got 50% streets in me as well. So that that that's why I was able. You know, with Gremlina, it was a matter of like just her overstaying her welcome. I mean, that's just the reality of it. She, you know, she's been coming around forever. I get it. She was in glow. You know, she was she was a big deal there. They did a lot for the for the business. They were they were uh, you know pioneers for women's wrestling. Blah 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 blah. I get that, okay. But that was a, that was in the eighties. Like I don't even was I born? I think I was born when Glow was on television. I, I might have been you know under the age of ten though when when the show got canceled. So you know, and she's been coming around to ECW ever since. And you know, her the the, the biggest thing I regret about that was also having to fire her husband Alan. Because Alan was a great security guy for us. He did great work for a long time. You know, he, he, I know he had, they both have had some health problems and whatnot. But, you know, I had, to, I had to cut the dead weight. And I didn't want to do that and then create a disgruntled employee along with that. So, you know, th- that's just a pitfall that happens when, you, when you're married or you date in the workplace, I guess. You know, if collateral damage. Spouse or significant, yeah, it's collateral damage. Exactly. Your spouse is going to the other has to go. It's time for you to go as well. Uh, but I appreciate that. I think I handled that really well. That was my first big act as director of operations, and I, I, I think it turned out pretty good. But why so, did he take his shirt off afterwards? That was kind of like, you know, back in the day, it was probably before your time, but when I watched wrestling uh, in the 70s, WWF, when they had uh, Baron Von Raschke, when he applied the claw hold uh, to somebody on TV, they put a big red X over the guy's head. Um, I think, you know, they should have done that with, you know, once he took his shirt off. Oh, stop it. Uh, oh, yeah, well, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but the, it was out of focus when he first took his shirt off. I wish it had stayed out of focus. 
you know, because we would have we would have been better off, I think, all of us. But he, yeah, I don't know what that was all about. I think he was trying to puff out his chest, you know, so that the ride home with his wife wasn't too too uncomfortable. He you know, he was just trying to make you know. Chest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, he tried to puff out his chest, but you know, like you said, it might have been something else. So, but we, I just, you know, again, the, like you said, collateral damage. When when you go into a place as a new boss, you have to survey the scene and you have to figure out, okay. What's working and what's not working? Who deserves to be here? Who does not deserve to be here? Right? Who has been? Who has done great? Maybe done great work in the past, but hasn't done great work in the present. And those are all things I've weighed for a very long period of time. And I think that you know, my, my goal, really, for the duration of time I've been in the VCW, not just in recent time, but my goal in the long term has been make this place as good as it can be, bring in new talent. You know, which is why my you know my good friend, the reason. Uh, you know, I gave him a, a um, you know, an esteemed uh, vice presidential position with me as well, because he knows people from all over the world. He's a world traveled wrestler. You know, he was a, he was a world tag team champion in, re- in in wrestling. He knows people all over the place. And so he was a great choice, I felt, to really uh, uh, bring the talent to the next level. Obviously, we still had a lot of great talent in BCW. We've had a lot of great talent for many years. But he was a guy to go out there and find some fresh new talent that could keep up with the guys that we have and maybe in some cases even surpass them. It's just it's, it, it's competition is what it boils down to. Right. You don't want anybody to become comfortable. You don't want anybody to get like, you know, stuck in a routine. You want people constantly competing with each other because the competition is what makes for great wrestling matches and great entertainment. And I feel like that's what we give people every every time we have an event. So you're saying that your cheap shot on George and having the reason attack him and firing Grammy and firing her husband and, and all the, the, the fire you set that first day back was, and of course the, the harassment, the reasons been giving some of your locker room, you're telling me that was all just to try and light a fire under somebody and, and get a, uh, an improvement in your roster. Look, I didn't fire George. Did I, did I fire him? I could have. Hey. You put him in I the hospital. Fired. You could. That's that's a fraction of what he deserves for what he's done to me. I just explained to you what he's been doing to me since since birth. I mean, the man's been annoying me since birth. That 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 is the least of what I could do to George if I wanted to. You know, you talk about cheap shots. I could have. Yeah, all of this is to like. All of this is to motivate. I'm a motivator. A great leader is a motivator. He motivates his base. He rallies his people. And look, are you complaining? Do you feel like the has VCW not been a, been an? You just at the top of this this hour when we started talking, you'd said to me that VCW is, if not the best, it's it's one of the top two uh, independent promotions that you guys follow in the country. And that's because of the great motivation techniques of Jerry Stephanisis. Jerry, one of the biggest, you know, uh, cancers in an organization is complacency, and it sounds like you're being very very proactive make sure that doesn't happen absolutely uh, we, we don't we don't want people to to become complacent i mean we want we want everyone to work hard we want everybody to strive to be the best and i mean it's, it's a very competitive look at the virginia heavyweight championship look no further than that so we debuted a new championship you know we we took the uh, the vcw title which had been around for many 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 years and we decided we were going to invest and 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 produce a new beautiful championship belt and, and and I even reached out to the great Mark Fleming and had him come 
and, and present the championship. The original Virginia heavyweight champion, a man dating back to the time when Luthez was, was running promotions in Virginia. And he was the and he would wrestle he wrestled Ivan Koloff, Tully Blanchard, all these great guys he defended the championship about. We we tied those uh, histories together, which you may not be aware of this as well. So I'll, I'll let the cat out of the bag here too. But the VCW championship is actually the evolution of the original Virginia Heavyweight Championship. So it, it was originally was the VWA, eventually became VCW. I mean VCW has been around since 1996. It's it's, it's been around forever. So, you know, the, the, those things, being able to tie those things together and motivate everybody with this new, you know, we are Virginia wrestling. We, these guys are the best in Virginia. They're the best in the country, but, you know, they're the best currently wrestling in Virginia as well. And, and that's what we want to strive to do and, and to put out there. It's just the best product we can, you know, make. And again, I'm, a, I'm doing this for the people. I, I, I feel like Bane when I say that. But I, I'm, this is for the people. I want to give the power back to the people. And I feel like the way, that you, the way that you do that is by giving them great entertainment and basically telling them what they want. You don't want to. Bane might be uh, a good. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just say you don't want the people to take the horse by the reins and, and steer the horse themselves. You got to you got to you got to steer that you put them in the carriage in the back and you steer the horse. That's how that's how professional wrestling works. Well, and the fact of the matter is, Jerry, number one, you're, you're far more intelligent than any of them. And number two, just my opinion, they're quite unappreciative. They are. I mean, I really like some of the things people say, man, social media the other day. I don't I don't know what I even said. I just told the truth. I said I dropped Benjamin Banks like a sack of potatoes. The next thing I know, I've got people coming after me for my my physical appearance and my uh, my 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 profile photo. And people on the Internet are just, you know, that's the Internet is the worst thing. The Internet is, is the precursor for the fall of modern society. It is really the worst thing that could that could have happened. People just go out there and they have this cyber courage and they say whatever they want to say behind their keyboard. But when you come face to face with them, all they say is, no problem, buddy. That's what they say when you go face to face with some of these cowards. They go, no problem. But 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 they're super brave when when they're when they're miles away from you and they've got this, you know, uh, social media shield behind them. Whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. I handle my business face to face with people. That's how I that's how I've always operated. Well, and I'll tell you, I've I've been friends with Ben for a long time, and I saw I saw some of those comments, and he the way he paints it is that he removed himself from your employee, and I mean, in the years since, he's lost a lot of weight, he's got a new look and outlook on life, he's a tag team champion, a big fan base, a successful podcast. It's hard to argue that he's not better without you, Jerry. Do you know how he got there to begin with? You know who? who gave him the platform for people to even know who he is. You know, if it, if it wasn't for me, if it wasn't for me, Benjamin Banks would be wrestling in some backyard somewhere in front of five people. That, that's where I, I scooped him up out of the depths of Hades and I put him on the top of Mount Olympus. And he, I mean, he was associated with me and Mr. Excellence, Brandon Scott. There are not two better people, two more upstanding human beings to be associated with than the two of us. And what did he do? He was ungrateful. Just when I was trying to, mo- all I was trying to do was motivate him like I motivate everybody else. Uh, maybe I slapped him in the face. Maybe I roughed him up a little bit, whatever. I mean, that, that's motivation, though. The, the, the guy was, his weight was getting out of control. His, his uh, losses were getting out of control. Everything was getting out of control. And what happened? 
okay, maybe he claims he dropped me, but it was me infuriating him that motivated him. So really, he should be thanking me. I should be getting a royalty check off these podcasts he does because without me, he wouldn't he wouldn't be where he is today. Well, and Jerry, let's let's you know, it's a marathon. Let's see in a couple of years where he is compared to where you are. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, how long did it take him to become a BCW tag team champion? And even then, he he you know, I, well, I shouldn't even say he rode the coattails of Diamond Victor Griff because that guy's got his own problems and that guy's got issues too. But I mean, the, the two of them together—you put two blind squirrels together—they're eventually going to find a nut, and I—and that's what happened. They found the tag team championship. Now, how long that lasts, I don't—you know—I'm sure the people were happy they won it the one time, but really, like, they beat a team that wasn't really even a team. You know, now they're actually—you know—at one title defense. You know, that's great, good for them. But the reason has assured me—he's going to be bringing in teams from across the country that know the know the game, know how to wrestle. And are going to embarrass Benjamin Banks and Diamond Victor Griff. That's just what's going to happen. They're going to expose them for the lackluster tag team champions that they actually are. It's going to happen sooner or later, and it, to the detriment of the, of the of the audience. Because I know, again, I get it. People like Benjamin Banks. He's another panderer. He goes to these cons and dresses up and does his weird, like you know, I don't know how he doesn't have spinal problems doing that one pose he does. I guess it's an anime thing. I don't. I have a life, so I don't watch that stuff. I don't know. I don't know how that works. But he does some weird pose and points, like you know, whatever, whatever. That 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 that's his prerogative. I guess people like that. But he's going to get exposed though for not not being ready for the position he's in, which is all I ever said to him when I was managing him. I kept saying, "Hey, buddy, you got to do this. You got to do that. Do these things to get to the top." I gave him great advice, which I'm not going to give on this podcast, by the way, because I most of my advice is you know under the table. I don't like you know giving it to too many people. Uh, nothing against you guys. It's just the way that it's the way that it is. But he, you know, he he didn't want to take my advice. And then again, I fired him up enough. He was able to have a little bit of moderate success. The man would be at the top of VCW if he had just stuck with me. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't hang. So you know, he is where he is right now. Hmm. You know, speaking of the top of VCW, you guys have, we've obviously mentioned it at the top of the hour, you have a big event coming up October 1st, and I want to start with the venue. You guys are, it's the first time you've had a a show there, and I was wondering if you have a little backstory on how that came about, because I'd never seen any kind of of big sporting event like a VCW show at the Croc uh, Arena. Yeah, sure. So we, um, uh, you know, obviously the Norfolk Masonic Temple is our home base, uh, and we'll be back there on December the 3rd. Uh, so we will be back at the Masonic Temple. Um, but uh, the first week in October typically is a tough month for them to host events uh, because there's, there's other Masonic groups have different events happening. Uh, and then they get prepped for their Haunted Temple after that. So there's a lot of preparation for that as well. Uh, last year, we did, we had an event in November as opposed to October because we just wanted to avoid the month of October altogether because of those complications. Well, this year, I said to myself, you know, I like having an October event. I, I like, you know, I, Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. There is no better time of the year. And let me just explain real quick, if I, if I may, as on a segue why. Uh, you know, for me, Halloween, I love dressing up. I love decorating my house. I was doing that before we started this conversation that, that we're having right now putting up my lights, skeletons, and my wife and I have a great time decorating. You know, then it's Halloween nights. You got everything ready to go. You got the smoke machine going. The kids ring your doorbell, and you cut the lights off on them and tell them you don't have candy. 
There is nothing more satisfying than doing that. I just want you guys to know. I, I it, it, it's for that reason, it's one of my favorite nights of the year. But do it, do it, that, Jerry I didn't Jarrett. Want, get him a raw potato. Hey, that maybe that's what kids will be getting this year. You know, I thought about giving out toothbrushes one year. Maybe this year. I mean, you know. Uh, most of these kids look like they could use a toothbrush when they come to my door anyway. So maybe, maybe I could get, get, go invest in some of those and I'd be doing a service for society as well. Den, Dennis would probably be mad at me, but whatever. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I like Halloween and I felt like doing an event in the month of October would be, would be great. Um, so uh, there's another group that we're actually, um, we've been in talks with that they do um, uh, uh, basketball games at the Croc Center. Uh, and they, they'll be present at the uh, at this event that we're doing. Uh, and and we've just been talking and I told them, you know, hey, I, I still want to do an event in October. Uh, I'm unable to, you know, do it here. And they'd, re- they'd recommended the croc. They say, hey, talk to this person and see what they say. Um, so, you know, part of my wonderful deal making abilities, I went there. I talked to some people and we got everything worked out. And it, it's a beautiful venue. I don't know if either of you have been to this facility before, but it's a beautiful venue. Uh, you know, they've got a, a, a full size gym. Uh, the gymnasium where actually is where we're doing the event. They got like an indoor water park. They have a theater. I mean, it's really a beautiful uh, community uh, venue. And so I thought to myself, this would be a great place if we're not able to run the North McSon Temple on this particular date. This would be a great place to do it instead. Uh, that I think our fans will have a good time at. And so that's really kind of how it how it came together. You know, just another brainchild of the great Jerry Stefanitsis, which you know, if I were to list those, we'd be on a four hour podcast. So I don't want to. I don't want to hold you guys up that long, but, um, but yeah, no, it, it's, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's really going to be a, a great event for us. Well, hopefully the, uh, hopefully the fans can give you some credit. You compared yourself to Bain earlier. That seems like a pretty good comparison because the reactions you get, it's obvious the VCW faithful think of you as a super villain anyway. I don't know why. Again, I, I haven't done anything to any of them. You know, I've, I, you know, I've been approached in public before by these people like that is my least favorite thing i'm not even i'm not even joking around right now that is my least favorite thing is to be approached in public by these vcw fans like like i owe them something and have them come up i was at a concert one time and somebody came up behind me and smacked me on the shoulder and i turned around and he goes i'll see you next saturday and i looked this guy in the face i go i don't care where you're gonna see me i said i'm at a concert right now this isn't wrestling time get out of my face and he laughed. He thought it was funny. I'm like, I'm not joking with you. Get out of my face. I mean, they, they, they're antagonistic. You know, as much as I try to do things for the fans, it's like they're disobedient children. Every time I try to do something nice for them, they're doing something terrible to me. Yeah, I may, maybe I'm a glutton for punishment. I don't know. I don't know why I'm such a saint and why I put up with it. But, you know, I, I continue to and I just try to do the best that I can. Well, if it makes you feel any better, my wife and I, we have season tickets to the Virginia Broadway. I've seen you at the Chrysler Center a few times. We always try and give you space. Oh, that's, you know, that's kind of you to say, you know, I appreciate that. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I am a, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I'm, I'm not just a a wrestling guy, right? Like I'm, I, I, I dabble in a little bit of everything. I mean, the Chrysler, you know, the things that that I've seen there, I, I see very, uh, um, you know, important plays. You know, I go to I, I go to different events. I, I try to be, uh, um, you know, a journeyman and do a lot of different things. You know, I try to be a bit of a renaissance man. I like to have a hand in everything. And I feel like by doing that, it allows us to make a better product here for VCW. You know, you don't want to be you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, I always say. Right. Because you always want to have a, 
uh, look at different things and, and maybe take a little bit from this and maybe take a little bar, a little bit from that and do this and do that and bring it all together. And I think that's really what, what helps uh, creative people create is by, is by watching, looking around and, and observing society around them and really creating something that kind of comments on the society around them, which is really at, at its crux. That's really what I, what I strive to do. Jerry, I'm going to use the term bon vivant. That's how, that's what I would call you. But I, I think the, the Vegas odds right now are about a hundred to one uh, as far as you losing your hair, you know, that, you know, against it, that you're, you're not going to, no way you're going to lose your hair. So w- is there any way that Gangrel can win? W- would maybe if EC3 has a cramp or something like that? Well, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to divulge this until the night of, but I'm going to give you guys an exclusive. All right. Okay. Uh, G- uh, Gangrel, first of all, Gangrel is an, is an amazing, uh, uh, veteran of the sport. Uh, the man is, is, is definitely a living vampire. He has defied age and, and defied, um, you know, uh, all the tough matches he's had over the years. And I mean, the man has had some bloodbaths out there and, uh, no pun intended. And, um, you know, he, he has, uh, he has survived all of them. And still to this day, he just keep, keeps going, whereas some of his peers, uh, you know, have long been retired. So I'm not taking anything away from Gangrel. It's just that EC3, you know, is, is, is in his prime. He is at his peak in, in his prime. And, you know, you know he's, he's, he's also got this amazing philosophy he's developed of control your narrative, which, you know, when like-minded people get together, like, like he and I, you know, it, it just, it, it's amazing what you can do. You know, and the thing, and the things that you, and the, and the things you can do, and you can change in, in the world. Well, here's my exclusive. Okay, I've decided because George keeps poking the bear, and he keeps antagonizing me. I've decided that on October 1st, that match between EC3 and Gangrel is going to be no countout, no disqualification, and those guys can fight wherever they want to fight, and the match can end wherever it's going to end. Wow. And I've decided, and I've decided I'm going to do that. Because, you know, I'm, I'm a little – I don't trust George, and I could see George trying to get involved and create some sort of technicality where Gangrel wins, but he doesn't really win the way you're supposed to win. And then I have to shave my head, and I don't want any questions. I think that by doing no disqualification, no countout, it's a pin, it's a submission in the ring, whatever, that's how it ends. That is the fairest way for a match as important – as a match where Jerry Stephanitis's voluptuous hair is on the line should, should be, should be handled. Well, let me ask you then getting into a little of the nuance of, of one that's incredible. First off, Benny, uh, false count anywhere, anything goes an an old fashioned, uh, no holds barred match. That's going to be awesome. And this is the first time that you, you all have had a show at the Croc Center. So to have them be able to go into the crowd and the surrounding areas that you've never wrestled in before, that's going to be a spectacle. I'll give you that one. Well, let me stop you right there. Let me, stop, let me correct you, okay? VCW, we abide by the regulations of the Virginia Department of Regulations, okay? So one thing I'm going to say is we're going to have plenty of security. We're going to try to keep it in the ring. If they fight around ringside, that happens, whatever, that'll be fine. It will be safe for the fans, though. We're not, we're not, we're, we're going to ensure, I'm going to hire extra security to ensure nobody's crossing that barricade, nobody's endangering any fans, nobody's endangering any of our staff. We want to make sure that we are, we are in compliance with the regulations in the Commonwealth because we are, again, Virginia Championship Wrestling. But, well, it, but to your point, it's, 
it's still going to be a wild ride. It's going to be wild. Well, you know, we talked about it earlier in the show. If you need extra security, uh, we, we both, all three of us know at least one unemployed VCW security guard. No, I'm not that desperate. <laughs> no, no, I think he can. It's okay. You know, I hear that Gremlina and Alan might be coming and sitting ringside. That's what I, I hear. George invited them. You know, I don't know how George, you know, uh, gets the uh, gets guests. I mean, George has gotten more guests than anyone I know in the last 20 years. I don't know how that how that works out. But I guess he's he's invited them to be his guests at this event. Well, whatever. I mean, I'll I'll uh, you know I I don't mind if they if they try to step out of line or they try to get in my way. I'm just going to do like I do to everybody else. I'm just going to step right over them and keep moving forward to the goal that I have. And the goal that I have is to embarrass George. Gangrel is defeated and, uh, you know, prove once again that, as always, Jerry Stevenesis is right. Well, let me actually have, walk into the little bit of the technical side of things. You, you talk about your the big show October 1st. You, you have EC3, Gangrel, your hair on the line. Those are two big names in wrestling. Uh, EC, you mentioned Control Your Narrative uh, with EC3. And his runs, and obviously anybody that's watched wrestling during the air, the Attitude Era when it was the most prominent on television in its history, you know Gangrel, and and just in in since VCW's come back, you've had some big names uh, come and go. You, you, I've seen Christopher Daniels, I've seen Jay Lethal. You, you've uh, obviously you mentioned bringing Mark Fleming in. You've had guests. Uh, I, just in in the past, we've seen like McFoley and big names. That have come in, and then you've brought in new talent as well. You, you mentioned bringing the reason back, but you also have wrestlers like Boar, and you 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 have uh, Gino Medina doing his rotations, former champion coming back from Texas. And I was wondering if you could kind of walk us through the mindset, or or maybe the 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 process as someone running a show. I want to, you want to book a big name. Is there is there kind of a, a like? Do you specifically go after certain people? Are, are there wrestlers that pitch themselves to you that I want to come work? For VCW, when you have, say, someone like a like a boar who had kind of a minor indie guy that's that's really built a profile in the last year or so, mo a lot of that having to do with his time in VCW, like how do you how do you go through that process? So the it's timing is the answer to your question. Timing is really the answer. Um, the the reason and I both have extensive Rolodexes. I have other people that I, I affiliate with who also have extensive Rolodexes. And I think if anyone even uses a Rolodex anymore, maybe I should maybe I should use a different analogy. Maybe I should say, you know, our phone book in our in our iPhone is is pretty full, right? Um, you know, and I think that's really what it boils down to and what it's really all about is that you need to know a lot of people, have good rapport with people, and you need to have an eye for talent. And I have the utmost faith in the reason that he has an eye for talent. And that he associates with good people, and that he knows, you know, what what he has his, he has his finger on the pulse of what the future of wrestling should look like, and so that's how a lot of these newer faces you see have kind of come come to be, right? At the same time, uh, you know, I'd like to think that I have my finger on the pulse of what Hampton Roads, Virginia, Norfolk, whatever wherever we are, right, uh, wants to see. And when it comes to some of the bigger names, the legends, the people that have been around, they've done this, they've done that, uh, I'm always thinking. I'm always researching. I'm always looking to see who's available, who's hot right now, who's doing this, who's maybe doing that. 
And it, it's really been to my benefit lately where, to your point, I have had a lot of people reach out to me recently. Uh, you know, we, we've had uh, wrestlers, you know, we talk about independent wrestlers. We've had independent wrestlers from all across the country sending us emails and messages over Facebook and different things like, you know, wanting to come back and wanting to come here and, and work. Uh, because, uh, you know, VCW's profile is, I feel like we've always had a good profile, uh, but I feel like even recently because we've expanded outside of the market and we're not just using the talent from Virginia, we're using talent from other states, the talent from other states are now saying, hey, you know, they're bringing a lot of guys in. That's a good place for us to come and make a stop and apply our trade and, you know, uh, uh, you know make a name for ourselves in front of a different group of fans. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, but again, timing is what's most important in all of this. You know, you can have connections, know people, whatever. You have to really have an idea of where we are today in the world, where wrestling is today in the world, what we've built upon, understand the past, present, future of BCW, and figure out who fits, who fits at this point in time. And for me, I felt like at this point in time, it's October, Gangrel is a no-brainer. That is a no-brainer for a Halloween-themed uh, event, right? EC3 has been in the news nonstop for weeks and weeks and weeks. Various re- levels of re- rationale behind that, right? They haven't to do with control your narrative. But if there's one thing I can tell you about this guy and my multiple conversations with this guy is that he is focused. He is laser-focused. Nothing is going uh, to stop him from doing what he wants to do with his control your narrative brand. I don't see anything stopping him. And, and I think that, uh, you know, having those two things come together at the same time in a match that, to my knowledge, has never happened. I don't, I don't know that they've ever had a one-on-one match. If they have, I, I, you know, I, I apologize. But I don't know that they have. But I think bringing those two things together makes for something very interesting and also makes for something that, that Norfolk really deserves. You know, Nor- Norfolk is one of those old-school towns that Crockett used to come to all the time when WCW folded, uh, you know, uh, WWE kind of treated it as like a B or a C town. But for Crockett, it was not a B or C town. I saw two Starcades at the scope. I went to World War III twice at the scope. You know, I saw uh, big time nitros at the scope. Norfolk is not a B or C town in my mind. Norfolk is an A town, and Norfolk deserves. A level talent. That's that. That's what they've always deserved, and so that's why I think that it's important for us, or specifically, it's important for me as the director, and for the reason, you know, as my my vice president, you know, and us us making plans to keep that in mind when we're planning for the future, and planning for who to bring in. But yeah, again, to kind of answer your question, it's it's a little bit of everything. It's again, timing is the most important part. But yes, we have some people that reach out to us. Whereas I also reach out to other people. There's a lot more that we have in the pipeline for the future that's just going to shock people. And, and I think that that's, you know, the, the future is very bright for us. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy in this post pan I guess not really post-pandemic. We're still kind of in the pandemic, right? But in this uh, post-shutdown world, it's very uh, gratifying for me to see as many people come out and support VCW as have done consistently since we came back in July of 2021. Jerry, I know you're very busy and I know you have to go, but I would be remiss if I did not ask you this. Um, is there any possibility, because you've done such a 
phenomenal job with with BCW. Um, any chance that you might run for president in 2028? Because if you do, I'm your first volunteer. You know, I appreciate that. And, uh, and uh, you know, my, my, my good friend, uh, uh, Travis Bradshaw, says to me all the time, you know, uh, when you're running for office, anytime I have a conversation with him, I feel like he's making jokes at me. He's saying, when you're running for office, because I, I, I seem to have a way of, uh, 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 in his words, of spinning things a certain way. I don't see it as spinning. I see it as just, you know, articulating the truth to the nth degree. I think that's what it is. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'll never say never, right? Uh, I don't think I, I don't think that job is really um, uh, what's in my immediate future. I think there's probably another person who made his name in wrestling who's a little more well suited for that job, who I'd love to see run, uh, who hopefully one day does, and maybe maybe he could help uh, unite the country like it's never been united uh, uh, before. Um, which I'll let you draw your conclusions there. Uh, but but you know you. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I'll I'll keep that in mind, and I'll have a nice cabinet position waiting for you if it ever does materialize. Perfect. Oh, that's <laughs> I, I'm I'm guessing then, uh, given his history as an educator, uh, if in in the Stephanie's administration, George is nowhere near the Department of Education, right? Oh, nowhere. He's already retired anyway. What would I do with an old retired beat up George Pantis? And part, you know, may, may you know, may, maybe uh, maybe he could be like a crossing guard. Maybe I could give him a job <laughs> doing that. that. <laughs> That might be good. I, I don't know if his knees, the guy, the man has to get cortisone shots in his knees. I don't even know if he could handle that job. I don't know what to do. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, lunch, maybe lunch lady or something. I, I'll think of something. I'll think of something for George. We'll get him back into education somehow. Terrible. Well, you heard the man October 1st, the Ray Kroc center, Norfolk, Virginia, VCW. Uh, I mean, they've got a heck of a show building. Uh, on top of of obviously we talked about the the hair match you also have uh, a great elimination match coming up you have a match for the VCW title uh between your new champion uh crowned at the last event uh, and previous champion uh Logan Easton LaRue battling Ken Dixon that should be a, a heck of a title fight as well you have a lot of good stuff coming up you mentioned the reason pan picking tag partner or excuse me hand hand picking tag opponents for Ben Banks and Victor Griff of the Golden Pinky Society you've got just one amazing show I, I can't recommend enough to check them out uh you and I might not see eye to eye on on your treatment of George or or how you view some of the uh some of the locker room but I will give you credit the VCW continues to be the best indie wrestling that I I watch right now and it's just absolutely incredible stuff October 1st, Ray Kroc Center. Uh, I'll give you, a, before you head out, Jerry, any, any final thoughts? No, again, I want to I want to tell you guys, I really appreciate this. Again, I don't do a lot of media. I do have a couple more interviews I, I decide I would do this week because my hair is very important, right? I love three things in this world. I love my wife, I love my son, and I love my hair. And so I, I can't allow, uh, you know, my name to be besmirched. I can't allow, you know, this narrative, this false narrative that George keeps putting out there about my hair getting cut or whatever. I don't want the poor people to, to get uh, have false advertising happen to them and think I'm actually going to have my head shaved. It's not going to happen. Not, never going to happen. I, I'm, I'm going to cling to this hair for the rest of my life as long as I can. You know, I'm, all, I'm almost 40 now. I think I've done a good job of holding to, on to it for now, right? But I, I do encourage everybody, buy a ticket, come see VCW October 1st, and watch old man George Pantis get embarrassed 
for the umpteenth time by me. You're welcome. <laughs> well, again, thank you so much for your time, Jerry. Uh, best to to you and your family. I know uh, the new new baby's been keeping you very busy, uh, but. Good, good with you on that one. And again, thank you so much for your time. And I cannot wait to see the show October 1st. I will be there front row as always. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Have a good night, Jerry. Wow. Well, what do you th- what do you think? I mean, I, I maybe not the the uh, the the uh, most candid. Uh, of people, but but you cannot, like I said, I, I agree, disagree, love, hate. The man's in charge of of what is some of the best indie wrestling in the country today, so he deserves the credit for that. I'll tell you what, I, I think I posted on the, our Facebook page, if you're within driving distance, you better be there. And even if you're not, buy a damn plane ticket, because I this is going to be one for the ages, especially that hair match. Absolutely, and I'll tell you, all uh, all jokes aside, Jerry's uh, interaction on Ben Banks's Facebook page definitely uh, sold a few tickets of people that are going to want to come cheer Ben on. So oh, I don't know absolutely. if that was Jerry's objective, but but he definitely made some new Golden Pinky Society fans. Jerry is to me is very Roddy Piper esque. He's just an immediate heat generator. <laughs> He's he is a heat man. You mentioned the uh, his segment with. Tim Luli, they've had a few of the Luli's Lounge part of uh, VCW. They've had a few of those, and the crowds have been less than kind. As a matter of fact, a uh, few months ago, George had to come out and tell the crowd to uh, tone it down a little bit. The the booing and jeering got so bad, and that was 100% uh, the, the, their displeasure in some of Jerry's decisions towards their favorite wrestlers. But like like you said, like them or not, it's a top quality product. And you know what? Yeah, like I, you can't argue with that. And you've got you've got Jerry, you've got the reason, uh, ring announcer Brandon Matheny, who's uh, just a phenomenal voice. VCW also a legal. Excuse me, Brandon Matheny Esquire. I apologize. I know if he's listening, I, I had to throw that out there. A uh, friend of mine, but also a. Uh, uh, he's in. He's definitely deep in the in the Jerry camp, and that is that is a heck of a group. And and I no no joke, no punchline, uh, no out of character, whatever you want to call it. But his feud with George is some of the best written and most compelling wrestling I have seen. Period, and I mean that. Not like I said, I'm not I'm not in character. That's that's legit. It's just incredible stuff. When you have, especially you you know the indie shows you have. You know, this, we talked about it in Memphis and the same crowd. You have so, the, a couple hundred of the same people at every show. You have that bond, the crowd. They know each other. They know their names. They know their chants. They know their their attitudes. I mean, uh, their VCW has a wrestler uh, named Papadon. And the, one of the biggest chants in VCW is is calling him little Caesar because of his name sounding like Papa John's. And it's just, it started as a joke, but because it's the same people laughing every week and ha- or every month and having fun, you, you, you don't get that when, like Jerry said, when, when WWE came to Norfolk once a year, if they were lucky, you know, VCW's here all the time and, and running their shows with their fans and you don't get the kind of heat 
and an atmosphere that they have without having the same crowds. And it's, it's part of what makes it so great. It's that old school touch and the emotion because those people, you know, like you said, they're there every show. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned Piper. Uh, you've ever seen old tapes of Cornette or Harvey Whippleman or any of those. Uh, it, <laughs> there's there's a few front row regulars at the VCW show that wouldn't be above whacking Jerry with a purse or an umbrella. I'll tell you that. If I was him, I'd watch my back at Applebee's for sure. Like, <laughs> well, he's it, it's fun. Again, I can't recommend it enough. October 1st, Ray Kroc Center here in Norfolk, which is a gorgeous complex. He talked about it. Uh, great stuff. Benny, uh, as we wrap up for the night, final thoughts from you? No, I mean, I wish I could be there. Actually, I'll, I'll be on a plane actually to Virginia that day. But I that uh, the next day is when I get my uh, honor, honorary degree from uh, Jimmy Valiant's School of Wrestling, Boogie's Wrestling Camp and uh, Hall of Fame Museum. So, unfortunately, much as I'd like to make it, I, and I'm so close, but I, I would say to anybody else, don't miss it. It's, it's, it's going to be a blast. You won't regret it. I'm Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, too, because they have their 30th anniversary coming up. The, the, go ahead. It's the 30th graduation. Mm-hmm. 30th graduation between our friends at VCW and Boogie's, Boogie's uh, BWC, the Boogie's Wrestling Camp. It, it's funny how the, the, the root, wrestling roots in Virginia run deep with this show. I'll tell you what. Oh, absolutely. And, and Jerry hit it on the head because I'm, I'm a Norfolk boy myself. You know, Starcade, War Games, Nitro, Crockett, Flair Steamboat, Flair Roads, Magnum TA, any of the good mid-Atlantic history of wrestling came through Norfolk, came through Hampton, came, uh, Jimmy Valiant. I mean, v- Virginia is where you go for good Southern wrestling, and I'll that's a hill I'll die and, on. And North Norfolk specifically, I think, like historically, I mean, it's a great wrestling town. And it, well, it even, even I, I guess, 20, t- more than 20 years ago being modern, but even modern imagery, the famous DX invasion of Nitro when when tr- Triple H and DX got on the tank, or excuse me, the armored personnel carrier, and drove to the arena, that was here in Norfolk. One was at the Scope, and one was at the, at the Norfolk Arena. And, you know, that was here. That Some of the biggest moments in wrestling history, Norfolk, Virginia. So my hometown hit it out, although... I mean, where where you are, they've had WrestleManias and and some big moments there too. So I can't I can't go wrong with Florida. Florida's got a lot of history in wrestling too. Yeah, t- Tampa was a hotbed back in the day for sure. A- absolutely. So for the BS Express himself, Benny Scala, I'm Dan Spashano. Have a good night, everyone, and we will see you next time we're in the ring. Night, folks. <laughs>